Welcome, friends, to this brand new edition of A Heart After God Bible Teaching Ministry with Pastor Brad Abley. We're delighted that you've joined us today, and we've already been praying for you, that you would meet the Lord in a fresh new way. We've also been praying that you would be changed and transformed into the image of Jesus by the power of His Word and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And now, let's resume our Know Your Faith series as we go through the entire Gospel of Luke patiently, slowly, and verse by verse. Here's Pastor Brad. Well, very warm greetings to you, my friends. This is Pastor Brad Abley with the Heart After God Bible Teaching Ministry, a ministry that is designed to take you deeper into the Word of God and to stir within all of us a greater heart after God. I'm so glad you're listening uh, to this message. I'm grateful to God for you. I have been praying for you, as I like to say uh, before most of the broadcasts, insofar as I remember, because I want you to know that I don't just get, I, I don't just preach without first praying for you. And of course, as a matter of fact, we just started a brand new series on prayer as well. And this is part three in what I'm simply calling the prayer series. And in this prayer series, we're going to cover a wide range of topics on prayer. And in part three, I'm continuing the theme, what is prayer? I know for many that might seem like a a question that seems to have obvious answers, but I, I don't want to take anything for granted. I think it's always good to think through what it is that we do and why we do what we do. And when we do that, we appreciate those things that are of value all the more, rather than when we just go through something mindlessly. And so we've been going through Matthew chapter 6. And why? Well, because the greatest expert on prayer is, of course, Jesus himself. And I was thinking about this just a moment ago, not for the first time, but the thing that amazes me about the Lord is he never calls someone to do something that he himself didn't already do, and of course, do perfectly. And so what we see in Jesus' humanity, but of course, even in his deity, is, but I think it's more appropriate to say in his humanity he's praying, and and the emphasis on his prayer life runs throughout the Gospels, and especially in John. I was just reading a few verses from John as I was working on notes that I'm writing on Psalm 121, which I will actually be speaking on shortly, not today, but soon. And um, and I was quoting uh, in that study, John 17, 12, and 15, part of Jesus' prayer for us. And I'm just amazed by that. And so when he teaches us on prayer, it's not from a distance. It's not something that so many in our world try to tell you, hey, you need to do this, but they're not doing it themselves. That always makes me laugh. And there are too, too many times that 
I've missed where I could have said, well, are you doing this yourself? And didn't do it. Sometimes I think I'm a little too polite, but that's not the case with Jesus. And as the one who is the master of prayer, he is the master teacher of prayer and the master prayer itself, which I've already established is a pattern of prayer, comes from what is called the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6 and uh, verses 5 through 14. Now, if you will turn with me there, but of course, before we open up the word, let's first ask God to teach us. Would you join me in this? You know, it it, it seems like it's, oh, what's the word I want to use? Um, oh, it's like it's an automatic thing that, well, we must pray before we preach. But let's just take a step back and say, that the messages cannot be anywhere near as effective as they ought to be without prayer. We can't get anything out of the Word of God without prayer. So why wouldn't we pray? Why wouldn't we make prayer a major emphasis and part of the preaching of God's Word? Well, let's With that, let's pray. Father, thank you for this opportunity together with the men, women, young people, and children that are listening to this broadcast, would you change and transform us all as we open up your word? And we just say, Holy Spirit, let us not fool ourselves. We cannot get a thing out of your word unless you teach us. And you want us to ask. You also want us to walk in humility. And so we do pray that you would open our hearts, our ears, our eyes to receive gladly, gratefully, all that you have for us, not miss out on a thing. And by the way we respond, let us bear great fruit, both presently and eternally, for the glory of the Father and of the Son. And we ask these things in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen and amen. The brilliance of the Lord's pattern of prayers we've already established is that the very first section, it's not a rote prayer, but the very first section focuses on God our Father and not us. It focuses on God our Father and not others. It focuses on God our Father and not needs or frustrations or wants or any of those things. The first aspect of this brilliant pattern of prayer is simply to be God-centered, God-focused, really to have one thing in our hearts and our minds, and that is the praise, the adoration of God our Father. And with that, it is unwise to rush through prayers, uh, to rush through any praying. I, I often hear preachers say, well, let's pray real quick. Really, I, I want to stop them and say, pray real quick. What's the rush? I mean, what if I wonder if maybe one day the Lord will have me to pray for an entire message and not preach, which in itself is preaching. 
um, in an indirect way. But why would we ever rush through prayer? And why would we say, well, let's pray real quick? It's almost like, well, okay, let's do our obligation. That was the word I was looking for earlier. We don't pray out of out of obligation, in a sense, as if it's to be expected. But we pray out of necessity, out of desire, out of dependency. And that's why we pray. And, and in something as important as that, we shouldn't rush through it. Accordingly, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, when Jesus says, pray then in this way or after this manner, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Now, there is so much that we can do with that. We, in hallowing God's name, we can thank him for who he is. We can thank him for what he does for us or what he's done in the past without getting into requests. You see, it's so wise of Jesus because he knows that we need to sit quietly before God our Father and just focus on him and put everything else aside. We need that in our heart of hearts. You know, Augustine, the the bishop of Hippo in North Africa in the 400s, and uh, a wonderful theologian, said, our hearts are restless. He said, you have made us for yourself, and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. So we are really at rest when we focus on God, our Father, first, when we put him first. Remember, Jesus said, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and everything else will will be added to you. It'll line up. So there's a priority. We need to focus on God, our Father, and put ourselves in the back seat, so to speak. And that comes about through adoration, through worship, certainly through reciting his word. And I'm going to give you some examples of that as we go through our series. So we've already established that in the first two weeks. And then the beautiful, amazing thing to me is in the next section, Jesus lays out for us something that has eternal consequences here and now. And of course, eternal is forever and ever. And so when we are engaged in prayer in the section that he leads us into, when we say, Father, let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What Jesus is doing there is giving us enormous responsibility. He is entrusting us with enormous responsibility, influence, authority, and power. Think about it, beloved, that Jesus would call us 
to pray for God's kingdom to come and his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. I think I asked the question last week, maybe in both weeks, what if we don't pray for his kingdom to come and his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven? To say, well, someone else will cover it, that might be true. But what if what if they don't cover it? What if God has assigned us to pray about a particular matter that's close to his heart, that's pressing, that he wants you to take care of or me to take care of, and we don't? We're not answering his call. That is going to be something that you will never have another, you might never have another opportunity. And you will miss out. So would I. I think of how much have we missed out on and how many people's lives have not been impacted rightly because we didn't pray in faith and in obedience when God was calling us to pray. That's why this pattern of prayer is so important because what it does is that it engages us to be about the Father's business, to be about what concerns the Father. Can you say amen on that? Well, we went through verse 10 last week. But now as we as we traverse through this whole idea of what is prayer and why do we pray, well, let's continue on through this pattern of prayer into the next section where Jesus, again, brilliantly says, this now, if you will, is your opportunity to pray for your needs. Again, the brilliance of this is twofold. Number one, he knows that we have needs, and he wants us to know that he knows. And number two, this gives us the ability to bring our needs to him, to offload the pressures, the worries, the anxieties, and to go to the best source possible, not the worry house, but the prayer house. Not the field of anxiety, but the, but the right field of prayer and answered prayer. And this is a daily pattern of prayer. How do I know that? Because he says that in verse 11, that we are to say, give us this day, this day, our daily bread. Well, at at the end of this chapter, Matthew chapter 6, what does he say? Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And what that's the end of the section that he teaches on regarding the cure for anxiety. I may have to get to that in just a moment. And so the Lord, the brilliance of the Lord's pattern of prayer is this. He is saying, The Father wants to care for your soul. He knows that if you take it all in, it will 
eat at you because you will become anxious and frustrated and worried. So take it to the Lord in prayer. From that old hymn, take it to the Lord in prayer. Well, Paul says in Philippians 4, verses 6 through 7, to be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. This is on a continual basis. Then there's the promise, the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Would you stop, or would you let me stop right now, and would you pray with me? Would you just agree with me? Father, forgive us for all the times that we have not sought you first for our needs, that we have not carried out Philippians 4, 6, and 7. And as a result, we got we got worked up. We got anxious. We got frustrated. We got angry because we didn't talk to you first about our needs. As the song tells us to, what a friend we have in Jesus. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear, all because we do not carry everything to the Lord in prayer. So we receive your forgiveness now, Father, and we ask that you would help us to be quick to respond to you to be yielded to you, Holy Spirit, to have a submissive attitude to you, Father, so that we can respond right away. Enjoy prayer, grow in prayer, and be strengthened in prayer, and make an impact in the lives of others through our praying. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So he says, give us this daily this day, our daily bread. That's why I like to say that the Lord's pattern of prayer is a daily pattern of prayer. Listen, my friends, if we would just get in the habit of taking our burdens, our requests, our desires, etc., to the Lord, will you be better off or worse off? <laughs> Well, I think any reasonable person understands we will be far, far better off by making this a part of our everyday lives. And here's what happens when we don't. Let's go through Matthew chapter 6 and uh, verse 20. I've got notes written over this. Uh, so I can't see it. Is it verse 25? Yeah, verse 25. Look at this tells us what Jesus is concerned. He's concerned for us. And if we'll just listen to him and orient our hearts and our minds to follow his word, again, are we going to be better off or worse off? 
Look at what he says in Matthew 6, verse 25. For this reason, I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Now, remember, the preceding part of this context is that we are to pray on a daily basis, give us this day our daily bread. And when we don't, we get into trouble. And so Jesus uses, he says this, he says, um, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? But yet he knows this is what gets us so worked up. Then he says in verse 26, look, that is to study, to pay close attention at the birds of the air. You see, the Lord notices every little thing, doesn't he? Look at the birds of the air that they do not sow, nor do they reap, nor do they gather into barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. What does that say about the Father heart of God that he cares for birds? <laughs> and he cares a whole lot more for us. Are you not worth much more than they? Verse 27, and who of you by being worried can add a single hour to his life. Verse 28, and, and why are you worried about clothing? Observe the lilies of the field grow. Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They don't toil. They don't spin. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. There is the deity of Jesus, his omniscience, that he himself saw how Solomon was clothed. Verse 30, but if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today, and tomorrow is thrown to the furnace, will he not much more clothe you you of little faith. Verse 31, and do not worry then, saying, what will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles, that is, the people that don't know the Lord, eagerly seek all these things. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Finally, verse 33, we've already read it, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So again, now we come back full circle to, to ask and answer the question, what is prayer? Prayer is communication with the one who can meet all of our needs. Prayer is communication with the one who loves us and cares for us and is concerned for us perfectly. 
the one who knows us through and through. Prayer is communication with the only one who can do the miraculous in our lives. Prayer is communication with the only one who can change us and transform us. And we have a Father in heaven who wants to meet every one of our needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus in glory. But it doesn't happen automatically. You see, there's the Christian life is a partnership, isn't it? God initiates, we respond. God instructs, we respond. God God draws us, we respond. It, it's a it's a an initiative and a response from us. And our response always brings joy, even in hardship. So prayer is communication with the one who delights to answer our prayers, with the one who meets our needs, and with the one who satisfies fully. So I pray now, my friends, that you are stirred to make God your Father your central focus and to make use of this brilliant pattern of prayer, which we're obviously not done with because we've got two more verses, three more verses to dig through and to enjoy and get much out of. But let me stop now and pray for you so that we can end this time in prayer as we usually do and take advantage of our prayer answering, covenant-keeping, miracle-working God. Father, I bring the people before your throne of grace. I ask that you would visit them, that you would encourage them, that you would draw them to yourself, that you would meet their needs, as I just mentioned, according to your riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Father, I'm asking that you would make your face to shine upon the people, that you would change them and transform them, transform them. You would deliver them from sickness, disease, and calamity, and over all the powers of darkness, that you would deliver many who are addicted to many different things. Set them free, Lord Jesus. That you would bring reconciliation in relationships and in marriages. That you, Lord Jesus, would soften hearts so that forgiveness flows to please you. Lord Jesus, that you would do financial miracles in the lives of the people that are listening to this broadcast. That you would bring forth your healing power in their bodies and strike their bodies from sickness, disease, and even bring healing. Father, I will include myself from my right foot and my my right thumb that just had surgery. 
And most importantly, Father, we're asking that you would save souls right this minute. My friend, if you want a relationship with Jesus, but you have never asked him to be your Lord and Savior, then I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now by praying a simple prayer with me. Just mean it in your heart. The words are not as important as the condition of your heart, but I'm going to lead you in prayer right now. Would you pray these words with me? Lord Jesus, I need you. Lord Jesus, would you come into my life and now take over? Make me a brand new person. Forgive me of my sin. Live your life in me and through me. And I will live for you and serve you all the days of my life. I surrender my life to you now, Lord Jesus. And I thank you for your forgiveness and for your gift of eternal life. Amen and amen. My friend, don't forget to visit my website, bradabley.com, and let me know how these messages are helping you. God bless you. Thank you, Pastor Brad, for this outstanding message and time of ministry. Friends, Pastor Brad and his wife Maureen need a prayer team. Would you kindly consider praying for them on a daily basis? Thank you for your partnership. If you've been blessed by this ministry, please tell others about it. If you would like to partner with him financially, please go to his website at bradabley.com. You can also check out his two devotionals and his commentaries on amazon.com. Until next time, we pray that our Lord stir you daily to have a greater heart after him in every way. Oh,